West West Show. You are now listening to Empty Out the Clip. Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of Empty Out the Clip. Um, I'm your host for today, Kira. Um, I've got Letty and Cam with me today. Um, yeah, we're coming live from Letty's Barbers. How are your guys' week been? Hey man, this is good to be on the um, on the show online. We've been online for Empty Out the Clip in a while. But uh, due to unforeseen circumstances, we had, we had, to, go, we had to jump online for, for, for this episode. But it's all good, eh? How's your week been, Miss? Uh, I, I got heaps of money to travel the world. <laughs> oh, it's been good. Yeah, it's been good. It's been a good week. Where'd you just come back from? Australia? Yeah, I just came back from Melbourne like yesterday morning. Oh, straight to work, eh? Yeah. How was the weather there? Was it hot or cold? Because, you know, it was pretty cold around here. It's pretty cold. I, it's, it's way colder than New Zealand, I reckon. Oh, true. Yeah. Mm. The air over there is just, it's different. How's your week been? It's been good, eh? It's uh, been a long weekend. Matsuriki weekend. Didn't do anything but stay at home. But uh, nah, just a couple of recordings in the studio on Friday and, and Saturday. And uh, same old usual at work, but uh, nah, it's been it's been pretty good, eh? Sweet. Um, do you have any shout-outs? Yeah, man, I've got some shout-outs. Got some shout-outs to all the West West Network listeners out there. They're listening in to empty out the clip podcast and all the other podcasts on the Whispers Network. Um, just a reminder for everybody to um, jump on the Whispers Network um, Facebook page and also jump on the empty out the clip Facebook group page. It's a private page, so you've got to answer the free questions and then security will let you in. And uh, this is your opportunity to, to chuck in your 10, 10 cents on, on the posts, on the comments, and uh, we'll discuss it on the podcast. Uh, my shout out, man. Same old. Gonna plug the bro, Sammy. Shout out to Sammy for hooking us up with the um, apparel that we were in this, um, this evening. Um, yeah, this is one of two prints that I have of his. But yeah, I'm loving the um, the corned beef and cassava. Eh? So this was this this was inspired from one of our guests we had on the back of the Watch Five, uh, Mickey Lahi. And um, Sam's just one of those guys. He hears the idea, he'll run with it. So shout out to that dude um, another shout out to our Usuyash. he came in for a cut he's not feeling too well but he has that's his first day at Henderson Intermediate the greatest intermediate in this world um yeah, he came in for a cut we had a bit of a yarn he actually said that he's gonna start training Nikita soon Nikita wants to hit the ground wants to play sevens this summer so I think like I said man the timing and the alignment because eh? he did he's he was talking about how he done his hundred um Episodes when he was doing his pods, he fell off, got into a slump, and he jumped on the other club and feels like he's been revived again. So, my lady, so shout out to that dude. Hope you enjoy your first day tomorrow. Did I give you any hints of starting up his Zealous State of Mind podcast again? I think it might come, man. It might come, man, because I feel like, <laughs> mate, it's like one of those things, man. I think you leave it parked on the shelf too long, it might, you know, get a bit stale. But now I think you will. I think you will, right? Because I told him that I wanted to start podcasting out of here. And he said, oh, yeah, man. And then. We, next minute he got off the chair, he saw, is Nikita here? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she should be home. Hmm. Uh, yes, and my last shout-outs to you all the kids going back to school tomorrow. Man, I know it's been tough, right? Because I think my house woke up, it was like quarter past one. 
Oh, yeah. So I don't know how that works in the school starts tomorrow. So go like so the kids getting up early tomorrow, chasing the education. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's my shout outs. What about you, Kira? You got any shout outs? No, no shout outs. Oh sad. Sad to do right. I got I got one more shout out. I just want to shout out to uh it's it's Tilly Kobe 0712 from a guy that put up a a post a comment on our MT the clip YouTube episode we did last week, episode one hundred. So he's just giving us some love. He's he's a guy from South Auckland, born and bred. He's now residing in in Tauranga. He's just showing us some love and I'll just make a shout out to him. Oh, nice. Shout mm. <laughs> Thanks for the for the support, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. Um so we want to talk about the All Blacks this week? <laughs> yeah, man. I just want to, I just want to say I put up a post uh, before the All Blacks game. All Blacks game was on Saturday night, 7 p.m. I pulled up a post that morning, and what I said was the All Blacks will lose tonight. Oh, yeah, and Mickey's second day, right? With 12, yeah. 12 and under margin. <laughs> and, and it was 12 plus. Because the only reason why I said that, because, you know, the, the All Blacks, probably not even not the All Blacks, because the players did not impress me that much during the Super Rugby season. Because we haven't seen South Africa play, because they've left Super Rugby, and they're yeah. playing over there at the top 14. Their team... Last weekend, they demolished the Wallabies. And it was funny because that, that wasn't in, even their main team. It was like their B team. Their B team. A lot of yeah. guys were out that game. And in fact, a lot of the guys were already in New Zealand that time. They were playing over there against Australia because they were preparing for the game against the All Blacks. And you had guys on that team like uh, Steph Tutoit was there. Max was there. Damien Thielende was there. Like all these top guys were, were over here already preparing for the All Blacks game. And I thought that if a team like the Springboks can bring out a B team and, and just demolish Australia, if they can do that, what, what was the A team going to do? Because I wasn't, I wasn't really impressed with the second half of, of last week's game, All Blacks versus Argentina, even though they demolished them in the first half. So, you know, I've, I thought that the All Blacks were going to lose against the Springboks. This week, but it didn't happen. All Blacks won thirty-five to twenty. So, yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. Us, we've been talking about um the prices of everything and everything going up around here, and I was thinking to myself, man, why why do I why do I want to support the All Blacks, man? I think I think it's a waste of taxpayers' money. However, for the boys that are playing, I had to admire the fact that um yeah that they were going to play a stronger team this game. Um, just seeing Richie come into a zone. I think even seen like the old folks like um, Aaron Smith, but I did feel after watching the highlights because I actually thought they might go like, oh, look cut the sky off, so I didn't bother trying to watch it live. So I was waiting for the the, um, the replay on Prime, and then when she came in, she fucked it over to watch the um, Australia game. And I was like, oh, is that live? I said, surely that's not a live game. But I think um, the the likes of Will Jordan, he's like pretty much cemented himself. I reckon. If there's gonna be a World Cup where one guy's gonna sort of like leapfrog some of the old names in the past that we're used to seeing, he's gonna be the one to watch. Um, and the forwards, I felt, oh man, I mean, if that's South Africa's B team, the ABs need a front up up front a bit more. So I felt when um, and I didn't only watch the highlights. I felt when um, Nipple came on. I think Nipple's past his time to be honest. I don't think he's going to um, have an impact like a bench prop should come on and do. And it showed in the Super Rugby when he came on, you, or even when he started, it was like, 
are those the AB's front row? Because you can't tell which side they're playing on. Like, you know, when you, when you see that those sort of guys come on and they're the seasoned um, front rows. I think overall, yeah, yeah I think underwhelmed, day. Eh? Like, if the game was going to be a blowout and that's South Africa's B team, I don't think we're showing any World Cup form apart from, I mean, we're good at breaking play, but the set piece didn't look as strong as what it should have been. Like considering that you got a, a chunk of guys that have played together all season, played finals footies, even if you're saying top four, yeah, that doesn't reflect the you know, a landslide win that we should have been seeing, even even if it wasn't on their home field, you know, even though they played at Mount Smart. So I don't know. What do you think, Ghost? Like, do you do you agree with me? Like that's the um we should be expecting bigger scores or are we are just are we just that typical Kiwi that we expect more from them? I think it's the first game, anyway. First game against a, a high-quality side, especially a side if you compare South Africa to Argentina. It's the first up um, big-name side. Um, I think the home home advantage was a big factor, even though it was the the New Zealand Warriors' home. It was kind of funny because there's there a lot of story going around how they weren't going to play at Eden Park only because the the FIFA hey, soccer, yeah, women's soccer, the women's soccer was there, and it was sort of like. They haven't been defeated at Eden Park since since the nineties. <laughs> if they were to lose against South Africa, you know, it would at be Eden. the first loss at Eden Park, and it wasn't at Eden Park, so yeah. it might have been a saving grace. That was a narrative, anyway. Possibly, yeah. With the media, but I do agree with you with um, with Will Jordan being on the wing. He's he's always played fullback for for the Crusaders, and people were calling Foster to play Will Jordan on, as fullback. I think he's cemented his place on the wing. Plus, he's an X-Factor kind of player. And if you have him on one wing and you have a guy like um, Mark Tillier on the other wing, you've yeah, got two yeah. X-Factors on, on both wings that, you know, yeah. when they have the ball, they're dangerous. You don't know what they're going to do. You know, yeah, and you man. need that kind of um, unpredictability. Yeah, man. That's exactly it. I mean, bit of excitement. I feel also like, um, and this is no disrespect to like Tuivasa Shek, but I think having a, um, a guy taller than six foot two, Playing at second five, which is the next best thing next to something like recent, is probably Sunny Bull. Like being able to have that high factor at second five with um was one of the um, the Barrett boys there. I think that's a superb move. I think he did a he had an awesome season at with the Canes, but yeah, just putting that in a black jersey, right? And we haven't seen it for a while, so I think mm. it's good. It, it means they got the. Extra attention outside of the the big runners, so it gives more room outside, like yeah, backdoor plays and stuff like that. But I felt yeah, that having um yeah, big second five who can, I think South Africa have used that sort of framing in the past and at the mm. World Cups and it shows like you know on defence if you're a forward you don't want to be tackling the big guys mm. because you just tie yourself up and when it's time to attack you got nothing left in it you got nothing in the tank. But I think. I think Sonny Bill probably changed that sort of play with the ABs when and this time in the black jersey as well. Mm. Yeah, I think if if you're you're the public and you're just scratching your head on the selection of of Braden Lino on the bench, to me it made sense because you know you want to you want to match up with the physicality of South Africa. Yeah. And I think putting a big guy like um, Braden Lino on the bench to come replace because I think he replaces um, Yuani. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you already got a big guy in um, in Jordy and who can kick too. Yeah, but so I think that's, that, that's I think exactly that, it, man. That deep, eh? Yeah. I mean, mm. hey, fuck, yeah, I think, yeah, just having them there, bro, like, when you think size, eh, and you think, like, okay, if you're, if you're an attacking player and you, and you want to run, you're trying to run at, at um, Richie, 
you know, you're a good chance that, okay, if I can get past him, but if you've got a big guy like, you know, Jordy, like sort of like hovering over him, you're probably not going to run at that space, you know? So you'll mm. probably just try and keep it nice and tight. But I mean, because of the size of him, bro, he's huge, eh? And I think that's, I've always believed that when the ABs are big like that in the midfield, man, you need to look at when um, Sonny Bull was playing, like how often our wingers were scoring tries and Ben Smith's a reflection of that sort of play in the past, I think. Mm. You know what, man? I've never been a, um, I've been a ball back supporter for a long time. I mean, take it back to, um, 2010, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before that, or 2009, 2008. Well, the fact that started, mate, I was like, yeah, okay, I'll watch this game. <laughs> I think we just need a couple of our blues players in there, eh? <laughs> Sadly, but yeah, I felt that. Now that when I saw he was starting, I was like, man, I'm annoyed that I had to watch the delayed coverage, even though oh, our, Sky yeah. wasn't Sky, our, our Sky Sport was on, but I thought it was disconnected. So. Oh, I was cheering for the, the um, South Africa team. Like when Cheslin Kobe he scored that try, he, he dived. I was, I was yeah, like, it's a good try. I was like cheering, man. I was cheering. Yeah, you yeah. know, wanted wanted the game to be close. Or and he probably thought he was in South Africa too. In that corner, um, you can remember flashbacks <laughs> of when the MMT played the Kiwi sort of thing. You know, just playing. You know, because that sort of jump, eh? You didn't expect. Well, mm. okay, you wouldn't expect that you know, in rugby, but for it to happen, it's just pretty cool. Eh, on a league ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see the Warriors <laughs> doing that stuff like week to week. It happens in the NRL week to week, but an international mm. match is pretty cool. I didn't see the the Wallabies Argentina game after that, but I heard it was a close game in the end. The Wallabies just lost two losses in a row for Eddie Jones and his men. And I put up another post on on Facebook saying that hey, if, if they've really kept his job, I don't know, yeah, would yeah. it be two two nil, two from two, yeah, two from two. Oh man, I think because because that's a that's a weird move, eh? To to fire your coach and replace him like before the World Cup, before the, right before the World Cup, man. Yeah. Not it's not even a year before the World Cup. Yeah, like that's sad, man. I you think they've really still... bought something different to the uh, to the Wallabies too, eh? Mm. And I think mm. um I think there's there's glimpse of like like um past respected players like I think Quade Cooper was saying it like he said oh of all the coaches that he's been coached by and he's been coached by both the last two coaches so for to hear mm. him say like oh bro you you play you want to show up and play for them you know <laughs> but it's funny that he did highlight that eh? like <laughs> in your face <laughs> yeah I think that's the thing with New Zealand public eh? I think and even like sportsmen around the world or supporters around the world they tend to forget, eh? Like they forget the stuff. Like you know, when we're bashing the ABs, we're bashing them. But then, mm. when we see stuff that or we try and predict stuff that could be happening, and then it happens, and then we sort of go back on. Oh, actually, we did. We predicted this before, but then we become. Um, we act like it's breaking news mm. <laughs> when it's like stuff that's already been, you know, predicted. Well, the other result on the weekend was, I think. It was Tonga, they beat um, Australia A. Australia, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I saw some pretty cool, um, you know what I'm saying? Because they pretty much blew up the news feed on Saturday morning and mm. Friday was, um, yeah, man, shout out to Sully Moore's uncle who was sitting up in the palm tree watching the game. <laughs> man, that's got to be the, oh, yeah. highlight of the highlight of the whole game, man. Because, <laughs> yeah, I think when they, because um, the score was pretty close, but I think it was either post-game, but um, that Daniela Dubois, ex high school or college, or would have been college, yeah, they sung for him, man, and it was pretty cool that he, you know, and his Australia gear walked over to that side of the, the track and make the school sung for him. But it's like yeah, that sort of resonated a bit, eh? like when I saw him go over and like and just wave to his fellow um, alumni. 
because mm. I know, like, bro, that that would have been heartfelt, you know, because you're playing for a different country in your home, your home, you know, hometown, and yeah, it was pretty cool to see. But no, I didn't watch too much of the game. I tried to watch the highlights, eh, but I think, man, the injection of pizza and um, for Lao Mary is just that's gonna be a lethal edge come World Cup. Mm. Was that um, the other game I saw? Just a little bit of it was was the Black Ferns versus USA, and USA was up in the halftime, but Black Ferns ran away with the win at the end of it. Yeah, that was on Saturday morning, I think. I caught the end of it, but yeah, man, it's good to see international um, rugby back on because that Super Rugby was boring, man. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Have you been watching any rugby, kiddo? Um, no, none. Yeah, I was a bit confused, eh? Because I was like, that can't... Like, when I saw the Australia um, Argentina game, I was like, that can't be right because they were, the Australia A was just in Tonga. Like, how is that live? And he was trying to tell me. I think if it's got live at the bottom or in the corner of the screen, that's live. But mm. then it wasn't until this morning I went on YouTube and then I saw the highlights. That's when I saw it. And I was like... That wow. it was live. Yeah, that it was actually live yesterday. Yeah. So, mm. Bloody sky, man. Oh, it must be my eyes, eh? Just need some glasses, man. <laughs> Uh, should we go to the first article? Yeah. Yep. I just gave it a quick read, but um, the article's called oh, uh, France shooting. Who was Nahal M shot by police in Nanterre? Yeah. There's an article that was shared by Ty, one of the followers from Melbourne. Thanks, Russell. Yeah. Mm. And um, it was freaky, eh? because... He sent this to me last week, mm. and because I said to him, I think Galofai, <laughs> he's actually there and on an OE with his kids. So his wife, his wife's Italian. Um, they were there for three nights, and that had just happened. So he was like a Meuli kid. So this this Gamaki's been like, um, he's from the slums, eh? Like they say, the poorest part of. Um, I'm not too sure if it's France or maybe England, mm. but this kid got picked in up into like a rugby academy and. They've invested in this kid, so if you imagine if you're picked up as a six-year-old, taken to like a boarding school, and then developed into a rugby player. So this kid died at the age of seventeen, at point blank from a cop. The cop shot him while he was sitting in his mum's car. So he didn't have a license or anything, but he must have been on the way to training. And he's mm. been pulled over from the cops, and from the also's explanation, because obviously the streets would have been talking um, at the moment or in the at the time he sent the article, which was last week on Friday. The streets were already doing the riots. So there was a lot of riots going on in France. And this has just been amplified by the um, the fact that it's known that the police in France are real racist. So this mm. poor kid got shot. And he didn't get shot in the leg. He pretty much got shot and died. And then the only footage you see is of him by bystanders, because the cops obviously pulled this kid over in a Mas- It looked like a Maserati, like a flash car. Oh, I think it was a Mercedes. Mm. Or Mercedes. And then the car is yeah. just driven off. And it looks like they, he hasn't stopped sort of thing or he's trying to take a call from the cops. Yeah. The media that blows it up, though, is pretty much trying to get um, everyone's attention. But it's more on the fact that the cops going to walk away with just a slap on the wrist. But the problem is bigger in that country than I think the media and everyone else let on to be, you know, mm. which is pretty, pretty a guy, eh? Because I think, yeah, I sort of felt Ty's um, anxiety... While that happened, because yeah. you said yeah. that just walking along the street, you'd see people just rioting and like, yeah, life's still carrying on. 
Like people are still doing their fuck go and sitting in cafes and having sipping coffee and stuff. But like the realism of like how people are real mad at the cops and like so that kid will obviously had a following on, on social media and then the club has sort of said like, you know, this is one of our own kids, you know, they groomed him to be the next big thing. And it's pretty sad that that sort of stuff's still happening in twenty twenty three, man. It seems hostile or you know things coming to a boil over there in France because then I heard on social media like um, you know the cops is one of the it's like American cops saying like yeah 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 like they're racist thing a lot of them mean but I mean that's still happening though like I think Ty was saying that he was just you know real he was buzzing over like how like you only think right right you think like say what happened in Watson back in the day, like when the Neoli dude got shot on the side of the motorway and then the whole town was just falling everything on the street. And then like, this is like, seems normal over there. That's like, really like, what the hell? How do you mm. say like normal? It's like, very people are just carrying on their day to day. Like, let the people, yeah. like, you know, for fifth of the cops as much as they can. And, but it's just, it's just sad, man. I think the, the mum pleading on the, on the, on the, um on the article as well about like, you know, she's got nothing to live for sort of thing. You know, now that her baby's gone. And he had all the promise in the world to be the next best thing. And you only need to look at, like, his age, right? You look at the under-20s and the World Cup, and they've won the last few and out of five years. They've won three of those World Cups. So you can imagine mm. a kid who had all the promise in the world, and he's obviously known to the rugby, the French rugby. I mean, how much does the rugby union want to amplify that? Like, you know, because this kid... Had so much promise, you know, and just robbed of his life, man. It's pretty sad. Even you know, there's things like that, like brings a lot of a lot of questions there. Eh? Like, was there a gun on the guy when he drove away at all? You yeah. know, w- was the cops actually in real danger at the time? Because it sounds like they were outside of pointing the guns at the car. And he was in the car. His mum's on the other side, eh? Mm. In the passenger seat. Is he a guy, person with dark complexion or? Yeah, I think he's that. He was a dark today, eh? or was he? Um, I think he was religious. What was he? Muslim? Was he a Muslim? Um, he was. Well, he was Algerian. He was Algerian. So, yeah. uh, I think. So they thought he was a terrorist. <laughs> yeah, man. I think anything linked to Al Qaeda in Kia Middle East, sort of okay, they're gonna <laughs> fuck his ass. Arabs, it's mostly there's a lot of racism towards yeah. Arabs. But I mean, yes, yeah, that all of that stuff is just man. No, I don't think any cop has the right to sort of take it upon themselves to sort of say whether mm. they're trigger happy or not. You know, you know, yeah, trigger happy, go go shoot dead, like go shoot at um possums and stuff like that. They shoot at people, man. Like, but that you know all that kind of stuff, especially with the police, like in America too, there's the same problem. Like you have that kind of um culture, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. If like depends what what kind of person you are personality why are you that are you a cop that's on the job always stressed and always in fear you know you, you carry a gun and you know you just don't you know you just you're like uh in the red all the time eh? oh, man I, I just feel for the guy's mom bro like man mm. how devastating could that be man like you can only imagine it but i mean no like no one deserves to die like that especially with people who think they run the world but i mean you just Law enforcement is a servicemen to the to the people, you know, to the communities. So, mm. if they got no one to serve, then who are they fighting for? You know, it's just that, yeah, that that sort of thing. There's sort of like um, 
go and go and have a look hard look in the mirror because bro, I think karma is one of the wizard things you can play with, bro. And I think I would I would be surprised, but if that guy starts getting deference, like it would be known, like there's no way they're gonna keep his face out of the out of the paper because mm. yeah, that's just it's just sad, you know, it's sad and that people have looked at it, that situation and just say, oh okay, he's only gonna get a step on the wrist, even though he shot someone. He probably didn't even have in the, anything in the vehicle, you know. They would have harmed the cops, but hey, how can you bring someone back, man? To snuff a life out like that, eh? it's you know someone's someone's son, someone's friend, someone's you know. It's uh, if you think about like the way people, like if you think about us where we grew up, eh, families and friends, and then yeah, just getting killed by someone you don't know. Yeah, bro. You know? Just like that, like. And for no, for no, for no, like real reason, you know, for no, yeah. like not no reason at all. Like it's not like you woke up that morning and say, okay, I want to go find myself a cop to get to to get in trouble with, you know? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> but I mean, we talk about it all the all the time, man. Like these sort of incidents just happening with no real just or anything, and that's it's just sad, bro. Like twenty twenty three, also, and this shit's still going on, man. It's like the Rodney King sort of shit, you know? Just mm. freaking crazy, man. I mean, I spoke before about that film I saw on Netflix. I think I told you, talking about how black people in America they they get killed by 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 police. And at at the end of the film, there's like a long list of oh, um, names, the names. Yeah. and and what they did that day to get shot. Yeah. And a lot of it is like, oh, went to went to school to take my son. I went to the shop to buy some bread. I went to you know that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I just went to the cafe to to get a coffee. You know. Yeah. It's shocking, man. And this kid, oh, just, uh, take my mum, you know, take my mum shopping. Sad. But, but Ty, look after yourself over there, bro. Thanks for uh, posting up that story. Sweet. Um, so we'll go to Article 2, um, the one about Christopher Luxon. Yeah, you support national. You can touch on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Christopher Luxon got caught. Oh, his wife got caught buying a a Tesla, a brand new Tesla. I think it was seventy nine grand or seventy five grand or or something like that. But anyway, the government has a new incentive for people or the public to buy electric cars or to lower the um, emissions. So the incentive is to to get a rebate. On your on your registration fee, if you buy an electric car, a brand new electric car, and there, and there's a criteria for that, so it has to be a zero, have zero emissions, so fully electric, and I think you get a max of it's seven thousand nine hundred, eh, or six six thousand nine hundred. Yeah, just on the eight grand or something like that, eh? Yeah, yeah, eight grand. On on the other side of that, if you were to like carry on buying petrol cars. It's not a rebate. It's it's a fee. It's extra fee. So you, the other way around, you can get up to eight grand, pay extra fee for your first yeah. registration. So right now, that's the government plan, and and that is an incentive for people to get into the electric car market. But who can afford an eighty grand car, electric car? You know. I know who. So Christopher Luxon can. <laughs> yeah, he can. So he's come out. To, He's come out against this this policy, so he said that it's not fair because he's saying it's not fair because you can only see rich people buying these cars and taking advantage of the 
of the of the tax re- tax rebate of the registration. Yeah. But his his wife has gone and bought a, a Tesla car and obviously she's got the eight grand rebate. So he's his sort of comments and thinking has come under come under question. If you're going against our, our government policy, but then again using that policy, then aren't you a hypocrite? I think so, man. I think it's hard oh, like taking that that um that little news hub share or the um is it the T V one? Yeah, TV one. Taking that that morning um the good morning article um share that he got questioned about. It's funny it's funny that she went straight to the point, but it's good at the same time because it's like she just caught an MP out who's trying to stomp out a he's trying to stomp the um the rebate out from I think it's from the road users, eh? Or like the registrations. But he claimed on it. Like, how how does that work? But I sort of like how he sort of try to say, we're entering the recession. And people are going to have to choose whether they, you know, spend money or save money, you know? And times are going to be tough. But when she asked him, but so did you claim... And he just tried to ignore the question <laughs> or the accusation. Of course he claimed. Of course he claimed. But it's funny how we keep saying it like, oh, you know, you know, the thing is like, you know, people are, you know, it's a government policy. It's like, mm. all right, it's a government policy, but you're still it's claiming law. it. It's law. But it's law. What he could have said, and like, and he probably didn't, and he probably wouldn't have suggested it, it was that actually, no, I'm going to donate that to charity or feed the people who are hungry, you know. But he never tried to say anything, <laughs> you know. It's like, it's all right, my wife's got a, it's her, my wife's car, actually, you know. It's but none yeah, of my business, it's my wife. It's, not, it's my he's, wife. He's it's putting like, it on his wife, he's blaming his wife. <laughs> you should not have married her then, eh? you know. But like, people in the past, like, you know, like, well, if you look at like presidential families, like, surely if they're putting something out, right, like, go and stay at these. Like of Donald Trump was saying, stay at these results, you know. These are my results. You want to go see one of his daughters or his wife go stay at uh, the competition, like at the Hilton or something like that, you know? <laughs> That's an example, like right? it's like, oh, stay at my hotels, you know, all my staff will get to stay at my hotels. But you but you get like a rebate. That's sort of like the same sort of thing, right? You'll get a discount. But if you go stay at the Hilton, you won't get a discount. So he's doing exactly what Donald Trump is doing, but I feel like this guy's just more shady, eh? Because he likes to throw the gang, the gangs under the bus. So I'd like to see, see maybe like I don't know, Sunny Pito come and ask this dude. What's oh, so what about your Tesla? So you saying if we got electric bikes, we'll get the same discount? Because it's not really clear eh? if you, even if you try and read up on it, it's sort of like a bit funny the way stuff's worded on what the clean emissions actually covers and who's covered. Because like I mentioned, um, I reached out to one of the um, dealerships down here in Kelston and he was telling me how a lot of car importers have bought all of these cars into the country, but they're on a credit and they were EVs. A lot of them were EVs, but because they've got to pay that credit back and they're obviously going to owe the banks, the guy he works for has bought all of these with his hard cash. Now he's got all these EVs sitting on his lots and in his warehouses, but people can't get the rebate because they're too old of cars. So if you think about it, if you want the rebate, you're gonna to have to go get like a Tesla or something real expensive that's new. It doesn't necessarily mean that you know if you get like a car and it's from 2010, it's an EV or might be hybrid, then you'll be entitled to that rebate. But he wants to stomp it out. So how shady is that? That seems so shady as fudge, man. Because this guy's got obviously the, the he must have a Model S, surely. Because yeah, there's no way that you'll be. <laughs> 
trying to get that smaller discount, like the three thousand dollar discount. But this guy will be trying to give you full bank, man. Well, firstly, I just want to say that uh, I've got a bit of example on what what this what just happened. If Donald Trump, if you if you're a person that you didn't like Donald Trump, you say, "Man, I hate Donald Trump. He's a bastard." And Donald Trump came on TV and said, "All my hotels are half price." And you're the person you're, I'm gonna go stay at Donald Trump's because it's half price. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he's an asshole, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. still stay at his hotel. Yeah, yeah. exactly what's going on. Yeah, now, right. see the point I get with his why he dislikes this policy. I think he's right. He's right because it's only the rich people gonna take advantage of this. Yeah, because who yeah. can afford an eighty thousand dollar electric car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's gonna afford that? But rich people. Like you're not gonna see us if the sense of the government's sense of for everybody to get EVs. Hmm. Who can fucking afford that? You know, but. Luxon is right in the point where only rich people can afford these eighty thousand dollars car, and only rich people yeah. are going to get that rebate. I think the whole the whole point of them calling them out on that sort of shit is to see like that's the hypocrisy, but then that's hypocritical one hundred and one. Like he literally just made his own bed, like by doing and, and even answering the call, right? Like in your mind, if you knew, like, all right, we've really said no to the to the EV emissions rebate and all that stuff. And then to, for her to just start off the bat when he just came on the screen, like, that's what makes her reporting, like, crack up. Like, the journalism that they've done just to sort of show the light, like, hey, this guy could be the next prime minister. And he's doing this sort of shady stuff, like, you know, I think it's... Well, i, I like to see Luxon give us an alternative. If the incentive is for everybody to get EVs in the future, to lower the emissions, yeah, then obviously the policy right now, government policy right now isn't working. Because you're only talking to the the, the rich people the rich right people. now. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like not taxing the wealthy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially so, if they're saving money and they get yeah, a rebate so, of so much money, that's like. So I want to know what lot, the right? incentive is. Give us an yeah. incentive to buy EV. You know, yeah. the obvious incentive is we don't have to use gas. Well, you're gonna put up the price for gas every 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 single yeah. year, like you put up the price for cigarettes. Cigarettes, yeah. So we forced to buy EV, but still, it'd be like saving up to buy a. Halfway towards buying a putting a deposit for a house. Yeah, but let's be straight, man. Like times are tough, really. Like I don't think people realize like the amount of mm. pressure. Like, and I spoke about this with one of my close boys, man. Like we spoke about it last week. Like, bro, to be a male right now, goes with family. This is the toughest time. Like, and there's no comparison to how we were raised as well. And I'm not saying that. The journey that our parents did coming all the way here to a foreign land was tough. You know? It was tough then too. But what I'm trying to say is financially and with all the mental health going around now, to be a male paying land rates, petrol, education, and putting so, food on the table with the inflation and with the price of ice changing in the space of a, of a week, bro, it is real tough to be a man right now trying to say, hey, look at your kids and say, you know what, we're all right. But it's a whole lot of shit, man. There's nothing that supports, like, kids like Kida, right? She's not entitled to jack shit and she's at Open Uni, right? Stuff like that. Even, like, the discounts on fuel, like, it wasn't even a buffer, man, to be fair. But what we're paying, 230 something To even pay, like, an extra 40 cents was probably, you're not getting an, maybe an extra liter for a full tank of gas. But over time, man, when this starts going up and, like, this guy is trying to crack down on, like, say, what, on one little small uh, rebate. The long term, man, if if they see the country going to, like, what, 2040, electrics only, 
I mean, Diesel's Diesel's already taking the taking the brunt of it, and that's what's that? You pay, I think it's something like, I think it's five or six hundred bucks for ten thousand Ks on top of what you're paying at diesel price at the pump at the moment. That's ridiculous, man. That's that's not only not only not only that they the government putting the strain on people living day to day. But think about the businesses, man. As soon as the businesses start paying that much more for diesel, you're going to see a price hike on everything else. And we already see it in the supermarkets, man. So to all the guys that are struggling, man, empty out the clip and put it out on social media, man, because the, the more noise you're making, the more the government or whoever's in power is going to start waking up that, bro, we, the people are struggling, man. Like, we are legit are struggling, you know? And it's hard enough trying to keep your house warm and do your, you know, for a goal to try and get by. But, man, just the added pressure just on, on just got to let and just family men in general, man, is tough. And I don't think people, we might not even see the end of this, bro. Like, this could be, like, heavy for the next four to five years, you know. As well as Chris Luxon giving that rebate to charity, another thing he should do is put a policy in place. If, he's really, if he really cares about that shit, like, like Labour Party should, like, give... Free public transport, yeah. Free public transport, and and don't give a, re- a rebate if you're gonna buy a new electric car. Just put the price down of a, a electric car so everyone can afford it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you want everybody to drive electric cars. Put the prices down on them. You know, or give or give like half price to people who can't afford those cars. Yeah, because it's bad enough. Like any car under the year two thousand, you got to get a warrant for it twice in a year. I mean, who's got the time to go do the warrant? I mean, the warrants is like, what do they say? They're like, if you get a, like, say, something like uh, pit stop, if you get a pit stop, eh, and then you get that that, that 75-point um, checkover, they say the comparison is like going to your local garage. They don't pick mm-hmm. everything up, you know? But when you go to, like, an MTA place and you just came from, like, the garage, bro, they're going to find everything wrong with your car. So can you imagine the pressure that goes on one guy? is like, oh, man. First it was the, the rear sway arm bushes. Now it's the bloody CV joint. It's like, golly, man. And that's mm. pressure that people don't need these days, you know? So, like, yeah, I think if we can get closer with the comp- with the price of, like, what everyone is paying, like, to be honest, I'm glad I never bought a SUV diesel, bro. And, like, people were saying, bro, it's the way of the future, man. Like, diesel's... The only is, and look at what they're going through now, man. It's like, like you're literally paying double, or if not more. Even though mm. they try and sell you after you get more cases for, for the diesel, it's like good luck trying to service your car twice in the other, you know. Small cars, bro. That's yeah. the key. That's Small exactly cars. it, bro. Skateboard, man. <laughs> Skateboard and push bike. Swift, Suzuki Swift. <laughs> All the way, man. I pay 40 bucks a week for my Suzuki Swift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, bro. I wish, <laughs> I wish Kido would let me um drive her car a bit more, but she needs to get her cam belt done. That was squeaky, isn't? It? Yeah, that one. Yeah, I reckon. Go for one. What thing? Go back. No, that's what I'm Yeah. Sweet. And social media's there. Okay. Yep. So, um, is there anything you've been watching? Recently, any shows, anything on social media, YouTube, any platforms? Yeah, man. You know what? I I found a gym. Is this the? Is Just this yesterday? Is this to replace your pack of face fix? 
<laughs> nah, 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 nah. It's, it's funny because I'll tell you what. I was um, I was just scrolling. You know how you scroll through um, Netflix or Prime or whatever your streaming services on your TV? Because you don't know what to watch, right? Mm. You're just scrolling through, just figuring out what to watch. And I was looking for a TV series, right? I was, I was scrolling through. But then uh, for some reason, you go down a bar and, and it's a bunch of movies, right? Yeah. I was scrolling through. This is on uh, Amazon Prime. And uh, I, I went on, the bar went on to Rocky Four, And I've seen this movie like how many times? Rocky right? Four, can you refresh? That's the one with um, Ivan Drago. Is that the Balogun guy? The Russian, um, Dolph Lundgren. Oh, that's when he gets to Russia and he grows his beard and he's doing Kalingi in the Snoofy, right? Yeah, is yeah, that yeah. One? Is that, that one? Fire. That song, eh? The, that's yeah. when Apollo Creed dies. Oh, yeah, yeah, in the ring, eh? Yeah. Apollo Creed dies. But anyway, I've seen this movie how many times? But then I haven't seen it for a, a while, so I wanted to, to, to watch it again. So I watched it, right? Same things, man. Same things when I watched it before. Like the montage, you know, the whole... It's a good story, man. I, I really love the day. Yeah. I, I really like Rocky IV. I think Rocky IV is the best out of all the all his films. But see, I finished Rock... Uh, straight away after I finished watching that, I put on Creed 2. And the reason why I put on Creed 2 oh, is because on Creed 2 is when they're older. Sense, eh? yeah, yeah, yeah. The connection. It's like a thing. Yeah. It's a continuation on on Drago's story. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. if you watch Creed two, it's 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 Ivan Drago when he's older. He's got a son, and the son is the one that's gonna fight um, Adonis. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, the whole if if you watch those two movies, it, one after the other, one after the other, and I put this on my on my on my Facebook page. If you put if you watch. If right now, if you put on Rocky Four and when it's finished, put on Creed Two straight away and watch these two movies, you know, yeah, yeah one yeah, after the yeah. other, man, you would feel this experience of the story of Drago, man. It's different. It's yeah. different, man. It's different. It's it's not like you you watching rock. It's it's not like you're gonna watch the Rocky movies one to four to five to six, right? Yeah. If you watch um Rocky Four and then Creed Two, that's a like a story in itself. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's pretty good. What else have you been watching? Have you been watching anything else? Uh, what have I been watching? Um, nah. Nah, that's it. How are you? Oh, man. So shout outs to the Ray Donovan film crew, man. So I started watching, um, was it Banshee? Oh, yeah, yeah. So this day, New Zealand guy who was on... Yeah. Um, the boys. Westside, yeah. Yeah, and, um, we're signing. Isn't he on um, Outrageous Fortune? Though? He's on Outrageous Fortune as well, yeah. Jeffrey, yeah. he's got a twin. Um, yeah. yeah, so I watched the first two episodes of that, but because, you know, Ray Donovan's now finished, and I felt like when I finished watching the rest of Ray Donovan, I felt like, what? Because the episode started to show that Ray was starting to remember or felt like he remembered stuff, but it wasn't actually real. Mm. And because he would ask his brother, Solid, did dad read to us? Like stuff like that. And then it wasn't until I, um, I don't know, I must have jumped on and typed it in um, just on a web browser. And then they said, Oh, a couple of, I don't know, on YouTube. And then a couple of um, the guy, I forgot his name, but the guy who plays Ray Donovan, he's actually been interviewed and he said, Oh, you know, what's, he, what's life after Ray Donovan? And he was saying like how you know, it's pretty hard like to be filming with your the same crew for like eight years, 
mm. and then have nothing and COVID hit. Then I was thinking, oh, so they must have cut the the, the filming early. And by, by the sounds of it, and all the comments on YouTube, yeah, they did. So because COVID happened, they weren't able to go back and finish off the storyline. So what they did is they made a they made a movie. They made the Ray Donovan um, the movie, and apparently the movie is supposed to be the back end of season seven. And what Ray, because Ray actually reached out to a shrink when he gets when he goes into the psych ward on the second or the third to last episode of the season, mm. and then he's talking openly to the shrink. So I got halfway through the film last night before my phone died, and I just left it. I'll probably go watch the rest of it tonight. But no, oh, it's, it's, story, it's eh? after season seven, eh? It's after season seven, yeah. So they filmed this in 2002. Oh, 2022. And it didn't and come out until... Final? Yeah. So this, that, this, the, this, the movie ends the whole thing. I think it just ties... It must have an open ending. It must have an open ending because... Mm. Um, yeah, because... It's a season eight, is it? I don't no. think there's a season eight. No, no. But oh. it's just there. Like, I remember they did the Sopranos film... Um, they did one. I haven't seen the first one, but I remember they did the second one, uh, the one of um, Chris's dad, of um, yeah, and when Tony's younger. But yeah, this one here, bro, I was just like, man, like you know, it's cool that they did fo- make a film about it. But then a lot of well, a lot of the viewers are like, no, nah, they shouldn't have touched that. They should have just left it the way it was. Yeah. But that was probably before the movie actually came out because the movie would have only just come out like maybe earlier this year. So yeah, I was surprised how recent it was. But yeah, I've, I've probably been just been watching that and um, yeah, all my DIY channels that I always watch. And then, <laughs> yeah, that one on YouTube, just that um, Nikki Davanto one that I enjoy watching you living out of her van. Mm. What am I trying to do, already? Oh, I, I did watch, um, I did notice on TV NZ Plus, there's a new, um, they've got new documentaries on there. Have you seen them? No, so no. they've got Oceans of Parts on there too. I saw. Oh, true. Yeah. So it's a good watch. It's good. It's a good reminder why I, I don't like the All Blacks. When I watch Oceans of Parts, all those tier one teams, man. Yeah, I don't. Colonizing now our players, man. Straight up. You know? <laughs> You've been watching anything, Kira? Um. I know that's oh. all. That's all her and her have been doing is watching movies. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, we watched the movie um, Flipped. It's on Netflix. It's like a kids' movie, but the storyline is really good. Um, I don't know if have you seen it. Is it the one on the girl and the boy in the tree? Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a really good movie. It's like a little love story, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but the but the lesson's good, isn't it? Um, I yeah, I've been watching that and. I recently just finished watching um, a series on Netflix. It's called Haunt- The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, yeah. Is that scary? Yeah, it's pretty scary. Um, it's like a, a horror series. It's like uh, R16, but it's pretty pretty freaky. Um, mm. I'd recommend watching it. It's the it's a complex storyline. but um, How many seasons? Oh, just the one season. Just the one, huh? Yeah. On Netflix? Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's what I've been watching. Sweet. <clears throat> Sweet. Um, you want to move on to the memory lane part of the show? 
Yeah, man. Yes. Oh, I knew. I don't know what it does, man, but Facebook always seems to hurt, eh? Like when the, when it comes to like um the memories, eh? When it throws back your memories. Yeah. Um Yeah, because I think this time four years ago, this time four years ago, me and my family yeah, babe, me and my family were on a going on a boat cruise to one of my um bridesmaids um Ponga in um in Fiji in dinner. So it came up on my news feed, and I was like, "Oh man, take me back onto the the was it is it the Aria the Aria Pacific Cruises?" So yeah, we, we were, like this time four years ago we were on that, and then just below it, um, I don't know if you if anyone hasn't seen the movie The Orator, you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta watch it, man, and the memory lane for me. The memory lane for me was the um like oh so if you don't know the movie The Orator, there's a dwarf and his a ben, uh, well his wife who got banished from the village, she was pregnant and then in the end she passes away and um her family come and steal her body. And um So he used to go and get her back in? Eh? Get the body back. Yeah, well, her her daughter says to him, "You need to go get her." Like you know, and her brother, he became the chief of their village. He felt like he had a curse over him, so he just went and stole her body. It's, it's like this is as soon as she died, more or less. And so to get from Leone to where they were is like a, and this dude's small, right? He's a dwarf, so you can you imagine you having like two feet legs and you had to walk from Great North Road to Ranui? It's like well, to New Zealand. So that's yeah. probably going to be like a trip from here to Wellington by a car. So they jump on a bus and they go get her. But the memory lane for me was like, you know, how far would you go when people are grieving to go and do something? Well, um, Saeli did, and that was go and get his wife. And um, yeah, just the speeches that took place, like um, especially when her um, Saeli's brother-in-law's wife was actually... Saying stuff like "go get the kids to shoo him off," he makes he's disgracing the family by standing up there, asking, yelling at what he's yelling. But it's sort of just um, yeah. To me, like you know, if we did like a um a movie review of it just quickly, I'd say, man, that 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 poem that he shares about coming together, and like you know, he said like, I think Saeli said something like you know, the burden that he saw death when when they'd go and have breakfast or they'd go and bathe by the water. He saw it. And then to make the comparison that when he she died, I wasn't there to protect her because I was somewhere else where I should have been with her. And then that's the um that's the burden he has to carry for the rest of his days, you know? And then when he said, if you bury her in this land, you know, the worms will get her. If you put her up and high in the trees, you know, the birds will eat it. But if you put her in the in, in between my rib and my lung or my heart and my lungs we should be protected you know and that way she'll she'll um, be protected by my soul man when i watch that eh? and it doesn't matter how many times you watch that one scene and i feel like man for us for someone's man someone's have a way of words eh? and it's different when you hear it in english eh? but when i heard that the first time and i watched it at the movies bro i cried eh? it was so real because it's like man that's so true 
you know, love love in its purest form uh, is the most wickedest spell, man. And so I thought, like, you know what, man? <laughs> i got to share that as a memory lane because these are our stories and our movies, you know, and the way they projected on the book screen, you know, I think the guys that did that film projected it really well. Especially like the little smarter scenes, especially like when someone's like having a washing, there's other people around and you're like doing the spectator ones, like, why, 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 why do you want to lie? Like, you know, just have your little stabs. But to finish the film on the back end of that, you know, it was pretty, pretty cool. Eh? Pretty. Oh, sorry, man. It's a beautiful movie. It's beautiful. Yeah. And the thing I don't appreciate. That's when those Queenslanders take sight of his photo and put him in the scene when he's in the bushes with a New South Wales jersey on. I mean, and put, you know? But you know, I think if you think about the Queenslanders that do it's a respect thing because like die hard for your for your team, but then go and hide in the bush. <laughs> yeah. And plus his Makai, his Makai title where he's from, Le Pao, that's a high, that's a high highest of the high, you know. Yeah, man. But now that was my memory lane, bro. Like, I don't know. I can't. It's like one of those films I can't watch, carry on watching. But when I do go back and watch it and I watch that scene, that scene to me is iconic, eh? Because just the way of words, I think someone when it's speaking in its purest form is poetry, you know, especially like the, um, just a little, yeah, man, the gems, right? That they that we drop and you often hear it like weddings or funerals and, and special occasions, uh, like, you know. The metaphors, but yeah, I just thought, yeah, that was, that's a memory, bro. Like, because it came up on my four years, you know, like on my Facebook feed. And I thought, man, that's right, bro. This film, but yeah, never gets old. That one, oh, I was serious about it being a beautiful movie because it does showcase part of our culture that you know that needs to be put out there for the world to see, you know, because there's a lot of beautiful things about you know Pacific Island culture and. That that's one of them, and it's you know it's a Samoan thing too, huh? Yeah, you know. So we'll move on to the food reviews. Do you have one of Yo, oh, been eating well, eh? <laughs> I think I saw I saw Sin's um, but <laughs> uh, just then I was like, what a way to celebrate the Matariki, eh? Yeah, on the plug-in that um, place we went to on Saturday. So we went for lunch at um, Westfield New Market, and at the top floor. At, at the rooftop, there's a place called Baha Bidi. Yeah. The food's nice. I ordered the um, pork ribs. All the pork ribs and ceviche. And if you don't know what ceviche is, it's uh, raw fish. It's like um, spicy sashimi. And uh, uh, it's like a flat plate salad. And I had a cocktail too, a Mai Tai. It's reminded me of uh, a trip to um, Hawaii back in the days. Yeah. Yeah, man. And... um. Fried chicken, I think. Got the fried chicken and some risotto balls. So, yeah, pretty flash. Uh, the portions look <laughs> big, eh? Before the, yeah, well, yeah. It's um, the normal parangi type uh, portions, but now it's okay. It was, it was tasty. Before we'll go and uh, treat ourselves since it's a uh, public holiday. But, yeah, man. Baja Billy at the rooftop at, at Westfield Newmarket. Recommend it. Would you rate it out of five stars? Or so? Oh, because that was my second time there. I went there first time a few weeks ago with my boss, and we were just having the um, same sort of food, finger foods with um, Hanukkah, you know, on a on a Friday afternoon. Yeah, and it goes, man, it goes. It's nice to have a, a few drinks, a few beers 
with some spicy food, you know? Yeah. In an outdoor sort of setting. So I'd give it out of five. I give it a four out of five. Oh, that's oh, that's a good rating. With the gas, didn't they? Oh, nice. It's it's not it's not a place to go for a big feed. Like if you're hungry, I think yeah, it's a yeah. nice place to have a beer and some spicy food. Yeah, but the view must be nice there from the rooftop. Yeah, although we didn't see any. Uh, we were we were in the middle of the outdoor area, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't see over the thing. Mm. Oh yeah, man. What you? What was your uh, food review? So I have to say, and it's with a heavy heart that I announced this. Also. So, you know, <laughs> me and Abby would always talk about the Target Bakehouse up in um, Teretu, right next door to the um, the KFC. Mm. So everyone knows Everton Road, if you go up into their bakery and you go and buy their potato top pie, if you go there after 8 o'clock, there's none left because they're all gone. Hey. All the traders usually go in there and just buy them up. I remember one of the... That's also- the one next to the KFC, yeah. Yeah. So one of the also's yeah. came from um, Oz and he goes, and it, was, it must have been like 9 o'clock. And he goes, oh, man, I want to taste this bacon, um, bacon and egg and um, potato soft pie. So we went up there, we had the bacon and egg. And, and like before we were walked in, man, you could just see the shelf for the tray of um, potato soft. They were all gone. But um, the other week, so my wife, she bought me one. And I had it. And I was like, oh, man, it's still good, eh? It's still gold, man. And it wasn't until I come home the next day, because we were just on this bakery, like, you know, buzz. Where she's like... Because she's been doing chef work, she's like developed the appetite for the early morning. But she happened to stop and buy one from the bakehouse, Target Bakehouse, and one from here. I think you always hear me talk about the um, steak and cream cheese from Baker Boys. So Baker Boys have now put in their bid for the potato top pie. And you would have heard me talk about the Mangri Bakery punching well above its weight price-wise and taste-wise. And I talked about that creamy potato not with that hard exterior, but the mince that goes well with that that mix. So I just had a bite of the um, Teletu Bakehouse KFC pie, and then I had a whole pie from the Bakehouse um, Baker Boys and Teletu South. And I, I um, um, without even asking, I actually sent it to to Big Daddy Fat Sexy, and I said, "You're welcome." But I'll be honest, man. They've now entered my top one spot, bro, for West Auckland Tether to um, potato soft pies. Oh, the pie is bloody nice, eh? The creamy, mm, creamy, creamy mm. um, potato, but the mix of the mince, man, the mince is really right. nice, eh? And it just works really well. It's real soft as well, structure wise, but I'd give this like a four, a 4.9 out of five, bro, for pies. With the gas, solid, I would run barefoot. Get gout, get stones, bro. Yeah, that's how well that pie's punching at the at the moment, eh? And what's the mince like? Is it like a shepherd's pie kind of mince, like sort of? I think it's, I don't know what the flavor is. Also. I think you know Westside Bakehouse they they got they got nice big pies, but the mince is bland. But after having one of those pies at um, Baker Boys, yeah. man, the mince just tastes it tastes like it's loved. You know if, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know, you know what love is, man. And I've always told them because they've actually heard me. They've even asked me one time if I've ever plugged them on any of my socials. But I've said I've always told everyone about the steak and cream cheese. But man, for this round of pies, heads ahead, bro. The new champ in town is, has to be Baker Boys with their potato top, man. And yeah. this is the time to buy them, man. Like I think my mm. um, yeah. You know I don't give easy when it comes to like what pies are, you know, what pies is hot, man. But right now for the price, for anything under six bucks, you only need to look around the territory bakeries, man. Like we're spoiled for choice. But 
front runner at the moment has to be Baker Boys, man, because sorry, that pie, bro. I swear, if I've got like fifteen dollars, I'll just go buy three of those pies, and I'm <laughs> done. I'm done for the day. It's like that's how good those pies are, even when you reheat them as well. Oh, true. Yeah, man. But yeah, bro. No surprises for me because I think this is like three weeks old now. This news, I just, it's just been you know we've had so much to discuss and everything else. But now nah, I just had to plug that that. Oh, you make me want to go try it because be, when I go there, I always get the chicken pies. Because I, I think those are nice. I oh, think those yeah. chicken pies at that place rival the ones over in um, Custom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, those, those Custom ones are nice, man. The, the chicken pies. Yeah, yeah. Creamy yeah. ass. Well, mm. I know Kira or no, it was her sister made a chicken pie the other day and it was bloody good, eh? But I was like, imagine if you could put these into a nice pastry, you know? Oh, game <laughs> over, man. Game over. <laughs> But I'll tell you what, dude, um, you know, we used to do the buying on a uh, shopping on a budget. So the other day I let the kids go and do your fat goal. And I told them we got 50 bucks to buy us something and make sure we've got something for lunch tomorrow. So I think it's been good for me at the moment to tell the, teach the kids, like, you know, I'm here with you, but you guys decide. So we saw, I think it was good for them to see the price of ice cream because, like, we went in on a Saturday. And we were back in there on a Thursday. So, what? That's less than a week. Mm. And ice cream went from four ninety nine to five dollars ten, and then within the seven days, it went up to almost seven dollars. And I know it's like one of those. It's a luxury you know, to go for a go and get ice cream and stuff like that. Mm. But what I love is that my kids decided. Oh, you know what, Dad? We'll get a whole chicken and we'll have bread rolls, chicken with coleslaw and cheese for yeah. dinner and they managed to get some shaved ham and some buns and they said oh we'll have this for lunch tomorrow and so it was, i said it was totally up to you so i'm not fussing you know? in that 50 bucks they managed to get all of that a shaved ham and a tub of ice cream but then they got a um a bag of mints and man mints at the moment bro like i don't think people realize how expensive mints is eh? like to get Lean mints, you're looking at per kilo, it's usually like 10 bucks. 10 dollars is good, but like I said uh, a few weeks ago, I went to pack and save to get like 1.4 kgs of of like average mints. Shit, it was like 22 bucks, man. Mm. So we managed to get like a 13 dollar pack of mints, and that lasted us a couple of days, three days. But yeah, just I think people need to realize, man, you got to shop around, eh? You got to shop around and to make each, you know, and like. I know if you look, have a look on TV One at the moment, there's that um, Eat Good for Less. It's a program that comes on TV and it just helps people know, like, you know, how much wastage that a lot of families are doing. And, you know, the highest thing on that list is bread. People waste a lot of bread. Mm. I'd either go stale or they just they just don't end up eating it. But, um, yeah, that that's one thing I've learned from watching that, that TV show is that, man, budget your money, man, because... If you can get away buying um, bulk stuff and you know you're going to use it within the month, maybe do it, eh? Because right at the moment, man, it's, it's the price is on. The price tag's on everything, eh? <laughs> I know, man. It, it, it might mean, like, just wash your hair today and then wash it again on Thursday, you know? Stuff like that, man. Because, <laughs> if you go to back and say, man, those are the things that go on, guy, the shampoo, conditioner, the odor, and all that stuff. 
Like, yeah, man, that's my little tips, man. Start watching some TV shows and just trying to budget your money just to help you get by, man. Because it's not gonna get the price of petrol and all of that's not gonna come down anytime soon. I see. Um, the the Westgate pick and save is is a bit cheaper than yeah, other yeah, pick and yeah. saves because of Costco in the area. Yeah, bro. Uh, yeah, Costco's I put a, a price on all those places down. Mm. Yeah, man. But then again, do you have the gas to drive all the way out there? But I mean, <laughs> and do you have the gas to probably sit and wait while you're waiting for the petrol pump to fill up there as well? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. my little tips. <laughs> um, we'll move on to the fair book of the week. Did you have one, Cam yeah, <laughs> No, you put the one on the video of that um, prank. Um... Oh, yeah. So it was a video of a guy pranking his mother, eh? He's pretending to be a, a robber. <laughs> Did you see that, that video? That yeah. Man. <laughs> and he got fussy from his mummy. Oh, fussy from me. <laughs> what was the object of that prank? <clears throat> I don't know. Oh, no. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, straight up, when she, when he, when he goes, freeze, like he says, like he's pretending he's got something in his hand, eh? And his mom just mm. kicks the door open. Bro, his mom went from like sitting in Philae Moore in the truck to like fucking Jet Li, eh? <laughs> <laughs> and the saddest part about it was is that he goes, It's me, it's me. Like she didn't give a fuck. Hey, she was just like beating him up. Yeah. And like, man, she actually hits him in the ribs before he falls over. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> she must have been raised in the era of hiding Z. Hey? Well, I felt sorry for her, man. I was like, I felt sorry for her getting out. Like, yeah, I would have been freaked out hey, no matter who it was, because mm. I've even had that with someone try to scare me, and I'm like, man, damn, I almost knocked you. I almost gave you a mark hunt to the nose, man. But the fu- the funny bit is when she's like, like he's like saying it's me, but she's still going. Eh? Yeah, yeah, that's the funny bit. That's the funniest bit because I think as a practical joker, you expect to have a pause and laugh eh, together. But not <laughs> yeah. this, not not this mother. Eh? This mom, bro. You stupid she's, idiot. She's from you the old school. Eh? <laughs> she's from this old school man. She was like, oh yeah. my god, she wasn't she wasn't playing, eh? Man, I'd hate that, nah, man. Oh, man, I felt for him when he got hit in the stomach. There, I was like, "Oh, I felt that, I felt that through the screen." For anyone that wants to do prank calls, prank uh, pranks on their parents, just make sure, make sure it's not it's not violent. Eh? Oh no, just don't even do pranks. We'll stop. <laughs> That's what happens. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> don't do pranks. Otherwise, you're in like with that guy. Sweet, sweet. So I've just got a news hub article here. <clears throat> um, but the Rimutaka prison, I'll just quickly read it. Um, inmates at Rimutaka prison claimed they were left to do CPR on an unresponsive inmate as officers took too long to respond. The inmate later died. But as Leighton Hickel reports, corrections disputes some of the accusations. Man, you know, to be honest, man, that's appalling. Yeah. You know, they shouldn't take 25 minutes for the guards to come and see what's going on and do something about it. 25 minutes, that's a long time, man. Yeah. You know, and, and you're t- we're not talking about calling an ambulance and waiting for the ambulance to come. We're talking about a facility with everybody there. Like, it doesn't take, it doesn't take 25 minutes to walk from your station to a place where someone needs help. Yeah. You know, it's, I don't know if it's a communication thing or... 
people were asleep on the job or what time of day it was. But man, nah, can't can't do that, man. You can't that you can't have that happen. And for him to die, bro, just made even make things even worse, man. Yeah. Oh man, I, I feel fully on that one, um, but I fucking share it, and and I suppose I can because I'm in the barbers. But I will say this: I've had guys who come here and share about exactly what happened, like in that incident. Um, the corrections have a um, they have a, a like a code where a binding contract to employment, and that is that if they see anything like that their first response is to supply the necessity of life. So if they've seen an inmate trying to commit suicide, or say, for example, if he's trying to hang himself, and this is while keeping yourself safe. I mean, unless they were short staff on the shift, that they weren't willing to open up and isolate the one cell, but he had other cellmates in the cell, is my understanding from the article. Unless you can't open the cell safely, then you have to wait for backup. That's what my understanding is as protocol inside the cells. Um, and this guy did die. But I think the way the news have sort of used this angle was that the inmates were there telling him to get help. So your first response should have been, get a defibrillator, sound the alarm. There's an incident in the in cell 11, whatever. We then need people will come because this guy is either respond not responsive or he's you know not gonna make it i can understand the time frame that is taken for them to sort of get to him but what i've heard from some prison guards that have worked in the um in the industry and then they've ended up in court and the issues over the failing to um to revive the person who's who's obviously hung themselves and I've had one of my customers and his boys are VIPs. They come in quite often. And he shared with me that sometimes when they get to the scene, it's too late. And a whole lot of guys would have been told, how do they get over that scene, what they've seen? And they get told they don't. They either quit or they go into a rehab. They try and go back to work and they end up leaving the industry altogether. I can understand where... Maybe those guys have heard stories from other corrections officers in the past and then sort of felt like, man, I remember when so-and-so said that they saw something like that and then after that they ended up leaving, you know? And maybe when they're on good money in the, in the corrections, that person would have heard a story like that and they would have felt, okay, look, I'm not, I'm going to go to court, but I'm not going to go put myself in that situation to see something like that. You know what I mean? Because I think it happens with the police as well. Like when they show up to shootings or the murders and they're with either children or like they go to a crash site and they've seen kids. Not long after that, they'll go from the field and they'll end up in the office and they'll go from the office to training. But they'll remove themselves from being first-hand respondents. And yeah, I could sort of understand that, eh? Because when one of the bros was saying it to me, he said, I'll be honest, Doc, or like, getting told from my superior to unhang someone from wherever they're hanging and then seeing their mouth and then seeing what's hanging out of the mouth and then being told to revive them. You know, he said he looked at his superior and said, you come and do it. There's no way. There's no way. And at the same time, they've both ended up in court and then he's thrown it at the judge. He goes, have you ever tried to do that? Have you ever tried to revive someone who's been hanging there for more than 10 minutes? 
because I can tell you, if you can tell me honestly that you can do it and do what we have to do. But I mean, like I said, they should have just got the defibrillator, you know, because if you do a first aid course and you, you know it long enough, you don't need to blow air, you just need to get their heart beating, you know. But I think, I'm not trying to say there's a right or wrong to what that situation was, but just hearing it from, you know, from people who have worked in the field and gone to respond to someone that's been hanging, where they've had, you know, they've been traumatized by it, you know, that not long after that they ended up leaving and they were in the industry for more than a decade. So I can understand, you know, it's, it's sort of like one of those perspectives. You, you, you just want to hope that there are, the processes are always sort of reviewed all the time, eh? Yeah, yeah, I like, think they you will. Know, they have to because yeah. I think every case will be different and then there'll be different ways to handling it. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. You, I think what you just described is all these factors that come into it mm. that you know that you, that people need to know. Yeah. Especially to do with the, the process. because like you said, if if you're too young for the job, you probably can't handle those things that you, you could see. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's picking those those guys out they can't they can handle all that kind of stuff yeah. you know and it's not and it's not to say that you can handle it or not it's just to say the way you can deal with it you know yeah. like like for me i wouldn't want to go and and take some off uh a rope you know that kind yeah, of stuff yeah, yeah. like i can't I mean, even imagine what how that feels you know and yeah. i mean you, know, you see it in had, water warriors as well like you know when grace is hanging from the yeah. tree jake and that's his own daughter the way he reacted like that's why that that meal is good for it like that's a real reaction you know not everyone has that like cape underneath their mickey offers to go and do you that stuff mm. but i mean and 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 charles touched on that too on this part remember yeah 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 yeah, yeah. the stuff that he has to deal with that he dealt mm. with in the past you know and and i think it's hard because no one in the public thinks about that stuff too well yeah they don't have to deal with that stuff but I mean, that's why that article or that that news um, story was pretty cool. But at the same time, because that's from an inmate, right? The inmate's now thinking, well, if that was me and that was the response, what the hell? Like, you know, where, where do you, when do those guys get questioned about what they should be doing and how things should be done? But I mean, yeah, you're right. Eh? Like those sort of processes should be reviewed every time there is a case like that. Because when it goes before the court, they're obviously going to say, oh, did you follow the procedure? And I I can probably guarantee, like, yeah, those guys probably were following procedure. If you think about safety, eh? Safety first yeah, for, yeah, the, yeah. for yeah. the corrections officers, they, mm. they followed due process. And so there's no way that you can sort of pin it on them not being, you know, their response time being as quick as what it was. And that's where the review has to come from. The yeah. review has to come from the point of view of, okay, this person has died. They're in through the process exactly how it's in the book. Yeah. The guy still died. So how can we? Why did this guy still die when we did everything by the book? Does the book yeah. need to change? You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. But I mean, those those two inmates that were doing the CPR on him would have had a feel. You know, they would have felt a certain way too. You know, they would have been like, "Fuck!" I mean, my my brain was like just hanging there, and we were doing all the work. You know, and the guy was just standing there. Like, you know, mm. but they got to remember, like, you know, as an inmate, you're just popular about your life and wanting to be free. Whereas you're on the other side of the cage, you're like, oh, hold up, there's a reason why you're behind the bars. Am I going to risk putting my, my health first and my safety first? Because I want to go home to my wife and kids, you know. Whereas the inmates were looking at, like, oh man, we are people too, you know. And yeah, that's where it's sort of like, you know, any, any other setting, like out on the road, yeah, of course, man, you're going to be like, man, 
get in there, do what you can to try and save this person. But in a prison, you know, sadly, it's it's gonna be like, yeah, nah, hold up, man, safety first. Mm. You might get a shank to the back of the head or your neck minute going there. Ha ha, sorry, joking, mate. Then, oh, sorry, <laughs> room attackers on files. <laughs> yeah, just never know ones, eh? Hmm. Sweet, I got a segment. The your song one, eh? The song one, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'm gonna throw in a song for us to talk about. The song called Halliver from Brotherhood Creed. And uh, if you know that song, you probably same age as, as us because I remember back in I think it was intermediate. The song Form One. I think I was. I think I was in Form One. Do you know the song? And this is probably the beginning of my like hip hop kind of R and B days. You know, the beginning of it. Because you know, when you're young, the songs you only listen to are your your the songs your your parents play at home. Yeah. Until yeah, yeah. so you find your own sort of sound, you know. And for me, I remember my earliest sounds was MC Hammer. You know, MC Hammer was the first kind of ones. Then I think it was Halliver getting into hip hop. My first getting into hip hop was was this band, Brother Creed Halliver. Yeah. How about you? Oh man. <laughs> Yeah, I don't feel like I'm in my gonna be forty soon, but <laughs> but no, nah, it's 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 got a um, not like the best is, I think like if I was DJing right now, and then, you know, because when I first heard the intro and like, I was like, man, bro, you know how many bases were sampled off this exact track, eh? Mm, the beat, the beat, the beat, yeah, man, because yeah. I could I could hear the groove and over the top. And I was like, man, does Petal Petal sing a cover? Like, uh, use make a song off this as well? But then, uh, yeah, I tried to listen to the hell of a... Then I was trying to think, man, is it attached to a movie? I don't think so. Yeah. Because in my but head, I was I like wanting to watch something like a movie. Like, oh, man, what movie is it? That's what I was trying to figure yeah. out. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, it's it's a funny video clip, eh? Because there's a group of guys with, with colorful clothes on. And hell of a the, the girl's name, eh? Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. his name. I think they're one hit wonders, eh? Because I never heard any other songs that came out from them. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. this is the only hit they've had, eh? Mm. Mm. But I think it is, yeah, it, it was probably Trailblazer for them down here with that sound, eh? The, um, the rapping with the singing harmonies from the same group. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we, I think back then <laughs> we had a, like a feature, eh? Like, a, oh, yeah, this song sung by Camden Lady featuring Keita, something like that. But, yeah, for them to do it in one go, I'm like, oh. And then after that, it was like, yeah, nothing. <laughs> they had nothing after that. Eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a song about a girl, eh? Yeah. And they call her Halliver because she's Halliver anything you want to say. Halliver this, Halliver that, I think. When I listen to the song for, for the part, just to remind me of the song to talk about this on the part, I noticed in the third verse, he talks about um, going to the mall with Halliver. And so some guy and some guy um, does the the wolf whistle, yeah, and he takes yeah, a gun yeah. and shoots him. Oh, he takes he? out the gun and shoots him. Yeah, oh, that's a yeah, a bit too far there, right? So he shoots him, and and there's a line that says he bends down and tell him it's not because I'm jealous. Hey, don't just disrespect me, fella. And now Halliver's mad because he shot the guy. Now she's mad because she thinks that I'm violent. The treatment I get is silent. <laughs> She must have a wise old man then. <laughs> You're going to be going out with some street thug be walking around with a pistol in his pocket. <laughs> yeah, I've never actually tried to listen to the lyrics. Hmm. No, no, me neither. So, yeah, it was, I was I was kind of shocked when I sort of read that 
yeah. last verse, and it was about him shooting someone. So, would you would you put that in your one of your pieces to remind you of back in the days? Uh, probably not. But every time I hear it, it reminds me of the beginnings of my music tastes. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah I'm starting. Yeah. I'm starting to get my own sound. I'm starting to forget my my parents' songs and go into my own music. Yeah, you know, yeah. It reminds me of those days. Did you know those songs? What song is that? Hell of a from Brotherhood. No, is it Brotherhood? Eh? Yeah. Brotherhood Creed. Brotherhood Creed. But that beat, eh? That beat's in every single song, eh? There's a few songs, eh? That's why I thought it was a mm. Petal Penton song. Mm. on a Sunday afternoon. But yeah, that yeah. is a catchy track, eh? <laughs> yep, that's my song for this episode. Oh, did you have a song? What? What's your song? I've oh. actually got a couple songs, actually. Okay, here we go, here we go, here we go. What is the, is it slow jams? No. Just... Or just song of the week? Okay, you can call it your song of the week. There you go. Oh, okay. Well, um, I've been listening to a lot of Madonna recently. Oh, no, here we oh, go. Yeah. Yeah. Old yeah. ones yeah. or new ones? Then on repeat, um, you know, driving, well, going through the airport, on the plane, you know, everywhere, in the shower... I listen to. I've been listening. Before to, you tell us, b- b- before you say, what era, what Madonna era? What would what Madonna era this be? Oh, the early eighties, mate. The early eighties. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. the late the late eighties. So not the get into the groove. Oh, in the in the eighties. Oh yeah, the eighties, yeah, the late nineties, or oh, yeah, mid eighties. And this, I've got actually got three. So announced to me. Okay. Yeah, my and what first vibes. One, where are you going? To the airport. Okay, here we go. Okay. Yeah, when I'm going to the airport, I was listening to Like a Prayer. Oh, oh yeah. Yep. That's, yeah. That song's just energy. Um, On the plane, I was listening to Crazy For You. <laughs> and then oh, yeah. Yeah. driving, I listened to Take A Bow. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I think okay, we raised okay. the skill of the Madonna wolves. <laughs> yeah. I okay, if songs. I would rank those songs for, for me, my three songs, my top would be Take a Bell. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Second would be Like a Prayer. Mm-hmm. And my third one would be that one, that last one. What was it again? Crazy for you. Yeah, it'll be oh, crazy for you. So good. I don't know, bro. I think, yeah, Take a Bell would still be top three. I'd put, um, you'd be. Crazy for you, one like uh, take a bow, and then um, yeah, like a prayer. But man, like a prayer's got it's got um little hog vibes, eh? <laughs> <laughs> me and Elliot, me and Elliot on the dance floor, right? Just let's go, let's go, let's go dance on the dance floor, right? <laughs> but yeah, man, shout out to Three Spanak of the Video Club, eh? Movies. Here's one. Here's one old um song that you probably haven't heard for a while. Who's that girl? Who's that? Is it is it Evie? Madonna. Who's that girl? Oh, I'm Who's not that girl? <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a movie too. Oh, yeah? And have, they, have the girls on the Waffy 5 playlist done the Madonna yet? No, nah, I don't think so. Yeah, that's the one. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why, but the kids have been watching Glee. Oh, they really yeah. watched it, but then they watched it again, and I was like, "Oh gosh!" And then I asked them, "Can we watch the Madonna version, the mm. edition?" And I was like, 
I think there's only a few songs that I like on here, but the Clee man, you gotta you gotta give them props eh, for revitalizing all the old school music here, bring it back to light. Cool. Final words. Um, final words, guys. Thanks for having me on as your host today, guys. Um, I'll probably be back on sometime soon when you need to fill in. But yeah, it was good to be on and listen to some good yarns, and that's me. Yo. Yo, yo, my final words. I'm just man. I'm glad um, international rugby is back on. You know, um, and the World Cup rugby World Cup is up soon in September. Looking forward to see the Pacific Island teams take part and try and make it to their quarterfinals. Man, I know it's going to be a tough, tough. But man, I just hope, man, I just hope we can pull some surprises, especially Samoa, especially Tonga, man, because you know. Yeah, you know, their the team the stacked, boys, man. Yeah. Their team stacked for the first time in years, you know, and yeah. just hoping, you know, some, something will happen for Fiji, Samoa, and, and Tonga in the, in, the in the World Cup. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to that. And yeah, man, I'm just happy that, um, like I said, international rugby is back on. See some some quality rugby on TV again, um, yeah. even though the All Blacks are playing. Um, South Africa and, and Australia. Australia hasn't been doing too well. You know, they've lost their first two games. But uh, hopefully uh, they can come back. But uh, yeah, man. Nice. Man, shout out to... Um, I just want to use the opportunity um, to make a shout out to my cousin Hans Muller, a.k.a. Um, I think he's graphic and design with special visuals. So um, he came in during the week and he said, I said to him, hey, I've been thinking about buying a, a, um, a heat press and maybe a vinyl cutter. And I showed him the tee that you were in. Oops. And he goes, you know what? I'll be in touch, man, and I'll come and, um, <laughs> I'll come and design you guys some stuff. So if you know me, man, I'm one of those guys. If you say something to me, I'm going to hold you hold you to your word. <laughs> so I think so. I look forward to seeing what he, he drops off for us. But I'd also like to shout out to um, our bro, Samyaki, for... For yeah, man, cutting us out with some some gear. He said he promised, he promised one for every month. But I said I'll plug, man. So yeah, like I said, man, does corned beef and cassava tea that um inspired by Mickey Lahey. Um, and yeah, my last words, bro. So I've actually picked up my old phone because it's easier to download music on. And when I was going through it, I was actually um thinking to myself, man, Matariki, bro. It's one one year, Maori New Year that we don't celebrate, and I think us. As Pacific, I need to hold on to it. So, letting um losing my cousin last year, um last year, and my auntie sort of felt like, man, you know, times are tough and like life couldn't be any tougher. So, I went through my memories and I started to delete some stuff that I thought I need to let go. But I came across a quote and it was one about kids. So listen up. So, as a dad, and this is. This is um something that I think feel everyone needs to hear. So I never want my kids to mess up and think dad's gonna kill me. I want their first thought to be I need to call my dad. So parenting with fears and parenting at all. So let's talk about it. So those are my final words, man. So anytime you think you're in a hard or between a rock and a hard place, man, don't even feel that you can't speak or talk. Because man, cause some people, man, they'll be you'll be surprised who's awake at that time of the day. Just pick up the phone and ring. I mean, it's um, sometimes it's easier said than done, but ninety percent of your problems can be just talked out, man. So, yeah, that's my final words. You know what it is, man. It's your boy, let's first time from Lady's Barbers. So, yeah, it's big. 
Good to have kids on. Ciao, Luz. Ciao, Chokido. See, let's get the park out of here. See, <laughs> 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 <laughs>